Word on Fire is brought to you by Catholic Cemeteries, serving the Chicago area since 1837. This is Cardinal Francis George, and I invite you to join me for the next few minutes to reflect with Father Robert Barron on the Word of God, which is the Word on Fire. Father Barron will challenge us to open our hearts to the Word on Fire, which is God's Word of Love for each of us. If our hearts are open, the Lord can change and transform us so that we might speak with love about the one who is love. The Archdiocese of Chicago, through the generosity of Sacred Heart Parish in Winnetka, now presents The Word on Fire. Peace be with you. Friends, a few weeks ago I told you about our new Pope, Josef Ratzinger. I gave two sermons on his life and career. In the course of that, I mentioned a book that he wrote. It came out in 1968. It's called Introduction to Christianity, and I recommend it to you. I've been using it here in the seminary for the past, oh, 10 years in my basic course on God. It's a great book, full of the spirit of Vatican II, also full of a deep respect for the tradition. If you want to know the mind of our new pope, the best place to look would be in this book. Well, I thought of it because now it's Trinity Sunday. The preacher's nightmare, they always say, Trinity Sunday. What do you say about this great mystery of the Trinity? Well, there's a section of this book by our new pope that's extremely illuminating, I think, on the Trinity. Bit technical, yes it is, but if we can't be theologically technical on Trinity Sunday, when can we be theologically technical? So what I want to do in this sermon is bring you through a little bit of our new Pope's treatment of this central mystery of our faith, that God, the One, is three in personhood. The One God in three persons. Here's the first thing now that Ratzinger says. This language has first a kind of negative function. It's meant to confuse us. It's meant to confound us. It's meant to make us scratch our heads and say, what does that mean? We want to know God. We seek God. We have a deep hunger for God. That's natural to us. Good. But there is a danger. The danger is that we can look so intently at God that we think we understand. We think we can catch God in the categories of our minds. We think that we can control the mystery. The trouble of Adam and Eve, you remember, they're seeking to seize at the knowledge of good and evil, to seize at something which is God's own prerogative. So at the level of the mind, we can deceive ourselves into thinking we have God understood. This language of the Trinity is meant, therefore, to be obfuscating. It's meant to be smoke in your eyes. You know, at the liturgy, we use incense. Well, the incense is meant to symbolize our prayers going up to God. That's true. But it's also meant to cloud the altar, to cloud the ambo. It's meant to block our vision to some degree, to remind us that we are dealing with mysteries we do not understand. And so, Ratzinger says, this language of God is one and yet he's three. Three and yet one is meant to confound us. It's meant to be smoke in the eyes of the mind, lest it think it can grasp this mystery. So good. It has a kind of defensive function even. But that's not all. That's not all. 
The Trinitarian language is also trying to tell us something true about God. It's not just to be obfuscating. It's also meant to be illuminating. This positive side of Trinitarian language, our new Pope expressed in terms of three theses, three propositions. And I want to talk about each of those. Here's the first one. He says, the paradox, una essencia, tres personae, just means one essence, three persons. The paradox, one essence, three persons, is related to the question of the original meaning of unity and plurality. Hmm, that clears it up, huh? (laughs) What does he mean? Look, in ancient thought, the thought of the Greek and Roman philosophers, for example, unity was the divine quality. Unity was the prerogative of holy and high and divine things. Diversity, well, that was typical of this world. The many things, the many animals, the many plants, the many... Unity was divine. Diversity was somehow less than divine. This strange claim now of the Christian church, that God is one in essence, yes, the one God, yet he's three in personhood, means that somehow God combines both unity and plurality. That the perfections of both are contained in God as a kind of complexio oppositorum, a complex of opposites. Look, if I were to say God is only one and not many, I'd be limiting God. I'd be setting limits to God's perfection. Or if I were to say God is many, He's not one. I'd be limiting God's perfection. Yet we say that God is the fullness of perfection. Therefore, Ratzinger is observing, the perfections of both these elements must co-inhere in God. They must come together. Think for a second. Is unity a good thing? Well, yeah, sure, of course it is. You know, bringing people together, one, integrated, whole, all those are good things. But is one-sided unity a good thing? No, one-sided unity tends to devolve into a kind of monolithic authoritarianism. One-sided unity becomes dull and overbearing. Is plurality a good thing? Well, sure, the many, diversity, good thing. But is one-sided diversity a good thing? No, no, that devolves into balkanization, that devolves into individualism, that devolves into violence at the limit. So who's God? The fullness of perfection. Therefore, God must somehow combine in his own being the qualities and perfections of the one and the many. So again, the paradox, one in essence, three in persons, is related to the question of the original meaning of unity and plurality. God is beyond the one and the many. God is beyond the split between the one and the many. God is inclusive of both perfections. Here's the second thesis now that the new Pope shares with us about the Trinity. He says, the paradox, una essencia, tres personae, one essence, three persons, 
is a function of the person and is to be understood as an intrinsic implication of the concept of person. Hmm. Somehow the claim that God is both one and many is related to the personhood of God. If there's one claim that's basic in the Bible, it's that God is a person. God's, God's not a force. God's not a, just a, a distant uh, metaphysical principle. No, God's a person. The Bible is clear from beginning to end about that. Now, what's it mean to be a person? Here's again Ratzinger. The very idea of personhood means relatedness, communicability, and fruitfulness. Can you imagine, he says, a person simply as a singularity? Uh -uh, no, to be a person means to be involved with another. It means to look to the other. It means communication. It means fruitfulness. In fact, the word gives it away. The Greek word that the church fathers often use for person is prosopon. Prosopon. You know what it means literally? It means to look to another. Huh, a person looks to another. Looks out. Even the Latin word, our, our word person coming from it, personare, that was the mask that an actor wore. And you spoke through it. Personare meant to sound through. Well, look, that means you're talking to somebody. A person is someone who looks to another, who talks to another. Okay, okay. But now think. God is a person even without creation. God's a person even before creation. Therefore what? Therefore, in the very being of God, there must be some play of looking to, of speaking to. There must be communication, fruitfulness, other orientation within the very life of God, if God is a person. Well, what is this? We say that from the beginning, the Father looks to the other who is his son. His son is his own image, his self-understanding. And the Father looks to the son. The son looks back at the Father, and the two of them fall in love. Their mutual love is the Holy Spirit. The personhood of God, in some ways, has to display itself in this multiple way. So again, listen to his thesis. The paradox, one in essence, three in person, is a function of the person and is to be understood as an intrinsic implication of the concept of person. God is one, God is many. There's a looker, the Father, a looked at, the Son, and the look, the Holy Spirit. There's a lover, a beloved, and the love they share. That is involved in the whole idea of being a person. Third thesis. Third thesis on the Trinity runs as follows, quote, The paradox, una essentia, tres personae, one essence, three persons, is related to the problem of the absolute and the relative and emphasizes the absoluteness of the relative. I know that sounds a little bit abstract. But look, in the ancient world, God, the high things, the highest things, were thought of as absolute. They were independent. They didn't need anything else. No relationship. 
relativity, relationality. Well, that was a sign of a lower level of being. That was more characteristic of the creaturely order. Now, with this strange Christian claim that God, that God is, listen, in His very unity, in His very absoluteness, a play of relationships. Father, Son, and Spirit. You can't be a father without the Son. You can't be the Son without the Father. You can't be the Spirit without the Father and the Son. The point is, these are essential relationships, which means the very idea of relationship is now at the very highest level. Not a sign of imperfection. That's a sign of perfection. God, in His unity, is the very source of all existence. Yes. So what is the source of all existence? Relationship. Connection. Coherence. One in the other. Relationship is not something incidental, something we could live without. No, relationship is what it means to be God. It's the very secret to being. St. John said it, didn't he? God is love. Now think about the implications of that statement. God is love. He's not saying God has love. Or love is something God does. Mm. God is love. Which means in the very being of God, in the very unity and absoluteness of God's being, there must be a play of lover, beloved, and love. There's a play of Father, Son, and Spirit. Relationship personhood belongs at the very heart and core of reality which is why Christians that when we love we participate in what God is we find joy that's why this feast is not a feast just for theologians these are not abstractions this is about the very structure of your life the more you love the more you like God and that gives you joy keep that in mind on this Trinity Sunday and God bless you I hope that you were moved today by the word on fire. I pray that together we might become a people on fire with love for God and neighbor here in Chicago and wherever these words are heard. Until we join Father Barron again next week, I'm Cardinal Francis George. God bless you. Most interment arrangements at the 42 Archdiocese of Chicago cemeteries are made through a pre-need plan. Your thoughtful planning today is economically prudent and contributes to peace of mind for you and your loved ones. Catholic Cemeteries counselors are available at your convenience. For more information, call 708-449-6100. Catholic Cemeteries, serving the Catholic community since 1837.